Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you on this <coughs> fine. Is this is coming through, John? Can you hear that, John? Is that, is that working? Good. It's lovely to see you on this uh, lovely, lovely day. We're here to praise God, and we're here to worship our Lord Jesus Christ, because they have called us to be here this morning. And our service centers around remembering the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that cements that relationship, that tells us that it is true, that it is deep, and it is full of love. So we're going to start by singing together from Praise the Lord, number three, All Hail the Lamb. We'll sing this twice. Let's pray together. Father God, we are here now, and we've heard the name of Jesus. We've not just heard it read out, we've not just heard it talk about, talked about, but we've heard the name of Jesus in our hearts. And now, Father, we're here to bow down and confess that name, that he is Lord over all. Father, you gave your son, the lamb, and he is worthy, he is worthy to be praised and adored. So, Father, everything we do this morning, may we praise you and worship the Lamb. Amen. Dave has our announcements this morning, and as he delivers them, we're going to do the collections. General Fund is the first collection, and Jamaica Vocational Training is the second. Good morning, everyone. Um, we have uh, quite a lot of visitors uh, here this morning, so in no particular order, we have um, Tim and Sue Webborn, a.k.a. Mum and Dad, um, and Johnny, uh, James Westmoreland here, uh, Hannah, Alethea, Luke, and Ellie, um, and if I've missed anyone else off, I do apologise, but you're all more than welcome. Actually, I did see Nate come in right at the end there, so hello, Nate. Welcome. Now we, we go to our care news, and the care news that I have from Elaine is as follows. Sam has been in touch with Richard and Becky, and the message is as follows. Sam says that his legs are causing problems at present, and he, he needs to get something done about them possibly next year. He's trying to keep, feet, keep fit, and while signed off work, Due to health issues, he's going to be doing a lot of reading to catch up on historical, social, biblical issues. Um, he says, it's very kind of you to say that I'm being missed at the Bethel and I must try and get to Old Trafford sometime soon. Vicky Leng uh, spoke to Elaine to inform her that Zoe Coates, who many people will remember from Friday Club, uh, had a stillbirth at 17 weeks, and she called the baby Alex. And the funeral is, is going to be happening on Tuesday. And Zoe would really appreciate our prayers. And if anyone would like any more information, please contact Vicky. A note about Ian, who was discharged from Trafford General Hospital on Tuesday, uh, but Becky has since um, 
I think she went to see him this morning or something, but he's actually gone back to Trafford General, I think, as of Thursday. So he's, he's there at the moment, still in Ward 6. Uh, visiting hours are, are as per they were previously. We also need to remember Marion, Gladys, uh, Alison and Angela and the family after the loss of her mother. So that's all the care news that I have. Charles is going to, to lead the, the pastoral prayer. Thank you very much, Dave. Would someone have anyone that they would like to bring uh, before God together? Thanks very much. I'll leave um, space uh, for you to fill in what you want to fill in. Father God, we are your children, and you are our Father. Lord, you hear everything that is spoken out loud, and especially that which is unsaid, that no one mentions. Lord, you hear it all. And Father, we know that you are a God of love, of compassion, and of mercy. Father, thank you for all the opportunities that you give us as a church to respond to the love that you have shown us through preaching, through care, through building each other up. Lord, help us to take those opportunities. Help us to seize them and to work with them with all our energy. (coughs) And Lord, for those who have need, we ask for your special blessing. We think of Sam and and his ongoing struggles. We think of Zoe and the, the tragedy that she's coming to terms with. We think of Ian and his her disappointment. We think of Marion and Gladys and their ongoing struggles. We think of Andrew and the family uh, as they've had a, a difficult week. Be with them all, Father, and bless them and, and help them to feel blessed too. And Lord, we think of people that would never even meet, people the other side of the world, that Trevor's been to China this, this week and they're expecting a, a natural disaster anytime soon. Lord, when times are dark, when times are difficult, may your light shine even brighter and may your love and comfort be a place of refuge for all those who seek it. And Lord, hear the prayers of our own hearts. Thank you for listening. Amen. We will continue to pray together by singing from Praise Lord number 92. You can remain seated for this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Number 92. I'm going to take a reading now, and it's from Mark chapter 6. And Debbie and Hannah are going to read this for us. Mark chapter 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him, that he does, that even does miracles? 
Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't they? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house, is a prophet without honour. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went round teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if in any place you are not welcome, or if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he's Elijah. And still others claimed he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, the man I beheaded has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he'd had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was, when Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once, the girl hurried in to the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he didn't want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. 
But many who saw them leaving, leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all of the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and to give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men the number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples go into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them when they saw him walking on the lake, and they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed. For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran around that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Thank you, Debbie and Hannah. So it's good to see uh, Tim and Sue and Johnny and uh, all padded up for his first innings. Uh, thanks, Tim. Come and encourage us. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be with you. Um, do you know, I could tell it was this side of the Pennines we were playing cricket in because I've never played on such a muddy wicket. And those of you who saw me at the end will know, completely muddy down one side. But there we are. In spite of my best efforts, I'm sorry we couldn't uh, end up on the winning team. Um, it's good for my family to be with you this weekend. Uh, we're all here except for Rue, who's finishing off his graduation week in Plymouth. Uh, it's a big wide world for him tomorrow. Get down to some serious work looking for a job. Um, I'd like to share with you some thoughts from the reading we've just had, if I may. Mark chapter 6. Um, I expect most of you are aware of the family circumstances in which we meet with you today. Um, during the last few weeks, it's been an amazing time for us back home. Uh, we've had more cards 
than we've now got room for in our house. And as well as those that are all up around the lounge and the dining room and everywhere else, we're having to stack them up uh, because we've had so many. We've had many thoughts on uh, the internet, social media, email, and other ways as well. And I'd just perhaps like to take this opportunity to thank you all for your thoughts, for your prayers. They've been tremendous and they've helped us get through this time. I'm sure with God's good grace, we will continue. Struck me that um, all of us are on that journey. It's a well-worn phrase, isn't it? You often hear that being said after, I don't know, Strictly Come Dancing or something like that. It's been a wonderful journey. But all of us are on a journey from where we are to where we hope to be and want to be. And as we've been hearing this morning, for all of us, that journey involves a lot of trials and tribulations, as well as good times, as well, like playing cricket yesterday afternoon, that was a good time. Um, But more often than not, we can sit here this morning, just think back over the last year, all of us, and think of those problems difficulties that we've all had to face. If only it wasn't like that would be our normal reaction, wouldn't it? If only life was a breeze, that the sun was always out, that the sky was always blue, and uh, it would be so much better. But I hope that what we can share this morning will be of encouragement to all of us, because I'm pretty certain that all of us experience those dark clouds from time to time, the rough seas, the stormy weather and the contrary winds. Just picture what it would be like if we really had a choice. We'd all be getting into our boat. It'd have to be quite a big boat, wouldn't it, to get us all in this morning. But we're in this boat together and uh, we are travelling across the water to our destination as Jesus has bid us. As we read together, he he has sent us on a journey. And our journey is at the Lord's command. It's not something that we necessarily uh, want to do in the way in which we travel, but uh, he has sent us on this journey himself. And as I've said, it's full of challenges. And uh, perhaps when we set off, uh, and for some of our time, the sun is shining, like it did yesterday. It was lovely. It was warm. I felt as though I wasn't in this side of the Pennines. Um, especially at the end of September. But it's so nice, isn't it, to picture ourselves on that boat, sailing across a lake that is blue, the waters are calm, just a little ripple along the side of the boat. And those of us that have sat on a boat and have just you know, sat over the edge and put our hand down in the water, wonderful to hear the little ripple of the, of the water against the side of the boat. And uh, it's absolutely fantastic experience to look out and to enjoy the views all around. You can see the lovely hills, uh, the blue sky with wisps of white clouds and the sun shining down. And uh, we're all in the boat together, wonderful company, uh, and it's a fantastic time that we have. Some of us are perhaps, uh, even on a journey, we're still perhaps doing our jobs, taking the opportunity like the disciples would have done, I'm sure, to have perhaps done a little bit of fishing, to have enjoyed themselves, to enjoy the experience. Perhaps put a few pads on and uh, take a a cricket bat out there and hit a ball. 
we all have times in which we can have a lot of fun together and do what we like to do, and, and that's fantastic to be able to do that. The opportunity is also there to do a bit of net mending. Quite sure the disciples would have not wasted that time. They would have looked around at the tools of their trade and thought, oh, there's a bit of a hole there. You know, that, that big fish, he, he, he did that. We better take this opportunity to mend our nets. And so there would have been those that would have been sitting back, relaxing, enjoying the view, those that would have been mending their nets, and those that would have been um, taking the opportunity to do a bit of fishing, no doubt. And uh, that's a wonderful position to be in. And all of us have those opportunities. All of us have time to come together, to rejoice together. To, I'm quite sure we'd be singing in that boat all the, all the sailors' songs, um, whatever they might have been and whatever they might be today, the equivalent. We'd all be singing and we'd all be having a, a wonderful time. And it's great that we can do that. But as we look ahead, we can obviously see the lovely views and uh, are so grateful to be where we are. We hear the sound of the waves rippling along the side of that ship. We look up ahead and those little white clouds are turning a little bit grey. And we can see that and it's ahead of us. We thought, well, we're heading that way, but those clouds up there are turning just a little bit grey. No worries. Look over either side and it's still blue sky and the waves are still just rippling against the side of the boat. Then we feel the wind against our face. Those clouds are getting bigger and they're getting darker. And suddenly we look around and the view isn't quite so clear as it once was. We realise that there is a noise around the boat and it's the noise of the wind whipping up those waves. And instead of the calm ripple, the flat sea, the, the sea is now turning to be a bit choppy. And uh, begin to be little white horses on those waves. And we begin to look around and realise we're about to enter a storm. And the grey skies are, are filling the horizon. And indeed they're filling all around now. And we can see the rain falling in the distance. We know that that's coming our way. And we can hear the sound and the rumble of thunder. begin to get a little bit concerned, don't we, when we see weather like that. We stop to think what's ahead of us. Perhaps we need to take some avoiding action. Perhaps we need to just think exactly where we're going. Do I really need to be going that way or can I somehow get around it? And the wind is whipping up those waves and the boat is beginning to rock and all of us are beginning to get a little bit concerned about the journey on which we are now embarked. Perhaps wishing, maybe, it would have been better to have done it another day. Perhaps wishing that there must be a way around this storm that we can see coming up ahead. And as it begins to flicker with lightning, we begin to realise that we're terribly exposed out on that lake. And the wind has made those waves so much stronger. They're beginning to break over the sides of the boat and some of the members of our party are getting, getting wet. They're beginning to get afraid. Uh, the, the weaker are beginning to seriously wonder what they're doing there in that boat in the first place. The stronger think, well, it's not a problem, we'll get through it. And uh, there's general concern amongst everybody. Those that are stronger perhaps looking out for the weaker. 
The weaker are perhaps sharing their situation with those that are strong. Whatever it is, we're all in the boat together. We're all facing what is now a very, very big storm coming our way. That's normally how it works, isn't it? Sometimes storms just come out of the blue, literally. They hit you when you don't expect it. Suddenly, everything is lovely and rosy, blue sky. and The next minute, you're in the middle of an almighty storm. Thunder and lightning, hail and heavy rain. The waves are gashing over the sides of the boat. They are getting bigger and bigger. One minute you're up, the next minute you're right down in the depths. Next minute you're up again, next minute you're being tossed from side to side. The view certainly has disappeared. You kind of know where it is that you're supposed to be going, but you can't see the way ahead. Life in that journey has suddenly become a struggle, a massive struggle. It's not what I really wanted when I set off from the shore and the blue sky and the sunshine and people in the boat. It's become a huge struggle. And although there are many of us in that boat together, you feel alone. You feel as though everything has been, it's just overwhelming you. That things have come upon you that you'd rather not. Uh, And suddenly you're in this situation. And more to the point, because you're in a boat in the middle of a lake, you cannot get off. There's nowhere for you to go except to stay in the boat with your friends that are on the same journey as you are. And the most amazing thing, it seems to me, during the last few weeks, is that out of that darkness comes the Lord Jesus Christ. As we've read, It was um, what we call in our house Terrible Tuesday. It was the Tuesday after SCYC camp. We had the bad news about Johnny. And uh, that evening we sat together in our house and uh, I went to the Word of God looking for a message from God that evening. I hadn't a clue where to go. Uh, I tried the reading for the day, just quickly skimmed through that. It didn't seem to be saying anything, at least at that point to me. And I decided to go to the reading that we had on the Sunday at Newbury that we didn't actually finish because it was quite a long reading and the president for the day decided to miss out the last part of chapter 6 of Mark and I decided to read that that evening, just that last bit. And lo and behold, I found the story that I'm sharing with you. And uh, that very night... The Lord Jesus Christ came to us, to our family, to our house, out of the very darkness into which we had entered. And we were crying. We were desperately reaching out for safety. If only those storm clouds weren't there, the thunder and the lightning was quieter. But out of the midst of that storm came Jesus. As we've read in those few verses this morning, what struck me was that it was that little phrase, that, and it was the word immediately, so prevalent in Mark's gospel record. Immediately, Jesus was there. 
And he spoke words of comfort to them. I thought, thank you, Lord, for doing that. He'd come out of the very darkness of the storm in which our little boat was sailing into. And he was quick to comfort us all with those amazing words. I read it actually in the Message Bible. It seemed to have a little bit more power and punch right between my eyes. And it simply said this. He was quick to comfort them. Courage. It's me, Jesus. Don't be afraid. We read that he got into the boat. And that as soon as he got into the boat, the winds die down. And eventually they cease and there is calmness. Another record will go on to talk about how Peter got out of the boat to walk to Jesus, but that's another story. Courage, it's me, Jesus. Don't be afraid. If there's one thing that I felt that day, it was fear. Fear when I sat in front of the surgeon, when he told me straight to my face what the situation was. Fear of the future. But the Lord came to us with that message. Courage, it's me, Jesus. Don't be afraid. And I can say that in the following days, we're no longer afraid. Still can't see the way ahead. The destination is still in the cloud. The winds are there, but they're not so strong. The storm is not so heavy, it's not so loud, because Jesus is on board. Our journey continues. We haven't perhaps travelled very far since that storm hit us. and The thunder and lightning were lashing down upon our little boat that night. But we are convinced that Jesus is on board. That's become evident with all the cards that seem to fall through our letterbox every day. Run out of room for them. Thank you. It's still a bit cloudy, I guess. Still very cloudy sometimes. But there's also sunshine, like yesterday. And uh, we're carrying on with that journey. As we read in Mark, we don't really know what the weather was like when Jesus got into the boat. All we know is that the winds died down. Whether it was cloudy or sunny, we don't know. But what we do know is that with Jesus in the boat, the people that were in the boat experienced safety. And so do we. We need to look for Jesus in the middle of our storm. Because just as Mark 6 tells us, he will appear right out of the darkness when you least expect him. He's there. And I think... It's absolutely a fantastic little throwaway comment. I think it was Debbie that read it, wasn't it? That all the time the disciples were struggling in their boat, straining at the oars, looking ahead at the thunder and the lightning that was coming their way and the big waves that they were battling against, we're told that Jesus was watching them. I think that's amazing. Jesus was watching them. All the time. 
And so we take comfort from knowing that whatever our circumstances, whatever storm we are in, Jesus knows all along. And that just when the thunder is at its loudest and the lightning is at its brightest and frightening, Jesus is right there in the middle of that and will appear out of that to us and will be quick to comfort us. And his help will be immediate. So I'd like to say to all of us on our journey together in this place, in our boat together, those words that Jesus himself said, but echoing the words that a Jesus in the Old Testament also was told, be strong, of good courage, don't be afraid. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. What a, what a picture we've had. And being able to visualise being in that boat and see, see that boat as our own lives. And how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in the believer's ear to hear his voice across the waters to see him appearing dear name the rock on which I build my shield and hiding place my never failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace sacrifice our Lord Jesus Christ now and think about how he has called to each one of us in our darkness that we were once lost, but he found us. And we remember that through his sacrifice. And Malcolm is going to offer our thanks to the bread. Dear Father, we, we thank you for this bread. Lord, we thank you for all that it, it means to us. We thank you for your dear son. And how you call us to renew our relationship with you through it. Lord, we struggle like your disciples did. Lord, we, we know that you just want us to give what we have to you. Five pieces of bread and two fishes were enough. And all that you wanted to do, the people to do, was to see that you could do marvellous things with them. To hand them to you. To give our problems, our worries, our anxieties to you. For you are there. To help us, to sustain us, to renew us, to help us to get through. Lord, we thank you out of the bottom of our hearts for your love, your friendship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This bread is strength. This bread is courage.
Dear Father, dear Father, dear Father, there are so many good things that we want to thank you for. Just at the moment, Father, I want to thank you for yesterday. We had such a lovely day, and one of the highlights for me, Father, you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, was just watching the kids play. Watching the kids play on their own with a kind of an abandonment, a complete joy, and, and so on, because they knew that mum and dad were there and they could go to them at any time. You know us, Father. You know that a lot of the time you forget that you're there. Our dad. Our dad. And you give us all sorts of things to remind us, and this is one of the things that we have to remind us. Of such love that you have for us. Dear Lord Jesus, you showed us that love. You showed us a love that didn't draw back at any time. You showed us a love that went all the way. You showed us a love that was with us, with the disciples then, all the time, whatever was going on, in the good times and the bad times. And, and I know, Lord Jesus, that you are like that with us now. Not just now, not just when we're here looking at this bread and wine, but always. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, we're going to take this cup of wine and we're going to have a little sip of it. And I think a lot of the time we have all sorts of funny feelings and confused feelings about this. I know that in coming to you, we are forgiven. I don't think this wine does anything in that sense. We're forgiven. I know that. Thank you, Lord. But here we celebrate it. And here in symbol, we take you into us. Lord Jesus, let that not be just a symbol. But help us to work at including you in our lives. Help us to work at letting your life flow through our veins too. And that we might enjoy it too. And enjoy serving and honouring you. Bless us richly now, please, Lord. Amen. This wine is life. <coughs> the uh, point that Tim picked up on of Jesus seeing the disciples uh, across the lake, straining and fearful, and he, he went to meet them in their darkness. Uh, and in our 
New Testament reading for the day, we have the parable of the prodigal son, where it says, while he was still a long way off, this is the son returning, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fastened calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. God and Jesus come and find us in our darkness. And when there is that union... There is celebration and joy. We're going to close by singing. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song together. And afterwards Rob is going to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, praise your great name. We thank you Lord for today, for the time we've had to remember what has been done for us. We, we thank you for Jesus Uh, We pray that we can be more like him in our lives so that we can do those things that please you. We pray for your kingdom to come soon and we want Jesus back on this earth so we can see him again. If it is your will, please look after all of us until we meet again. Be with us in our lives and please help us in all that we do. Please help those who are struggling in their lives. Be be part of them and give comfort to them and their families. We thank you, Lord, for being with us in everything that we do. And dismiss us until we meet again. Through Jesus, amen.